accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Continuing our run through of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Right now we're up to the episode called Dr. Bashir, I Presume. It is the 16th episode of the fifth season, aired on February 24th, 1997. Teleplay goes to Ronald D. Moore. Story credit goes to Jimmy Diggs and directed by David Livingston. In this episode, Dr. Lewis Zimmerman arrives on DS9 to use Bashir as the model for his new long-term medical hologram, but his plans could unveil a dark secret that Bashir has carried since childhood. We're joined by Clay, as always. Clay, how are you? I'm good. Man, are all the doctors in Starfleet now just, you know, love hounds? Because, man, that, that do- the Robert Picardo doctor, he moves fast. He's- <laughs> you, you he went from... He went from, uh, hey, how's it going, to do you want to leave here, come home with me, and live in my house? Pack your bags. After, like, one date. I know. And Ed, then Eddie you... Money over, over the, uh, the Eddie Money's Two Tickets to Paradise playing in the background. Did you catch at the end when he when he chases off after that other girl? He asks her if she's ever read the Kama Sutra. <laughs> <laughs> one of the... Uh... The outtakes from the episode is he asks that woman at the very end when he runs off, he says, have you seen my work on Star Trek Voyager? Which made everyone laugh, apparently, when he said that. But Oh, really? That's yeah. funny. Um, you, you're familiar. He's the doctor on Voyager, right? Yeah. The hologram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the doctor from First Contact. That's right. Yes, he is. He's the, he's the medical program in First Contact. That's right. And... Uh, he, is a, uh, he is usually under makeup. He is a very prolific uh, makeup where i guess i don't okay. know what the word you would say he, he's in a lot of movies a lot of horror movies and stuff as uh as monsters and stuff he's kind of like doug jones from the, for the 80s oh interesting well, like what's a, what's a movie he's been in i because i think his voice is so distinctive that i would... yeah it is uh he worked with joe dante a lot he was in um the howling he plays one of the the werewolves in the howling uh if you've ever seen legend the mm-hmm. tom cruise movie he plays this massive like bog monster in legend Oh, interesting. Uh, so he he pops up with uh, with with various prosthetics on um, fairly frequently in the eighties. Well, now we're going to talk about his turn as Lewis Zimmerman on this DS Nine episode. It's called Doctor Bashir. I presume we're going to take a break, play an audio clip, and then we're going to come back and break it down. I can't believe you set them up like that. We didn't set them up. They just happened to walk in while the program was running. Zimmerman thought it would be a good idea to test the program's ability to cope with an unexpected situation. And you let them go on? You let them stand there and make fools of themselves while the two of you sat in the back room and laughed? Look, I'm sorry about this. I wish it had never happened. But it has, and now we've got a problem. I don't want to talk about it. Julian, Zimmerman is going to file a report saying that Dr. Bashir is unsuitable for computer modeling because of his suspected genetically enhanced background. You know what's going to happen when that report gets back to Starfleet Medical? All right, so after the doubleheader of uh, In Purgatory Shadow and By Inferno's Delights, we have another little come-down episode, as the show is wont to do after it does its two-parters. It usually does a small thing. You're going to find for the next couple episodes, it's actually as if nothing had ever happened in Purgatory Shadow and By Inferno's mm. Delights. They, they kind of forget about the Dominion for a little bit, so we're just going to have some character work and smaller stories. This is the first one, Dr. Bashir, I presume, where they totally uh, retcon the doctor, Dr. Julian Bashir. And I suppose we move forward with the Rom and Alita romance. But 
Those are the few things I wanted to talk about, the uh, genetic manipulation of Dr. Bashir, the Raman Lita storyline, and then I think that's pretty much it uh, for that episode. It's a pretty simple episode. So where do you want to start, Clay? Um, do we want the meat and know. potatoes, or do we want to start with the, the lighthearted fun of <laughs> Raman Lita? Yeah, let's start with the lighthearted fun. Uh, it's a pretty terrible storyline for these two. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of strange. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's it's like the closest thing I guess you could have on Star Trek to a workplace romance. Mm. Um, uh, more uh, in, more in a traditional vein than say the uh, the Wharf and uh, Dax sort of thing. Um, but this is very uh, you know we just covered Cheers and they have they have a very condensed Sam and Diane kind of thing. Only except uh, if it was uh, Sam was kind of seemed mentally deficient and uh they both really liked each other but just didn't say anything it's 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 what i don't know i i, I don't know if uh i i thought it was fine yeah it was whatever you know it, it's uh i guess they've laid the seeds a little bit for this um previously but not so much that i that i remembered it i kind of thought it came out of nowhere um but uh yeah sure whatever why not I mean, I think L- Lita, I mean, at the very at the very least, Lita does not have a type, I guess. Let's put it that way. No, she doesn't. Uh, she she'll go with any balding or horribly grotesque troll monster that may cross her path. And she, I think it's. um. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you referencing Dr. Bashir in that instance? <laughs> I think I think the problem with this one is that um, it can't it, it's. Do you remember the. um. The episode where I think it was Crossfire, where Odo sort of has his pining for Kira episode. We thought we thought it was very good. It was like five out of five. Um, yes, but we talked about it in that episode how uh, his relationship and the way that he was reacting to Kira was a very sort of like high schooly young male mm. way of going about things. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same with this one. This is like, if you were to really think about what's going on here in the absence of any kind of story or narrative that these two have between them, it's really like a young nerd's fantasy about how a relationship would come about. Mm -hmm. And I think that Dax and Worf are unique because Dax and Worf feel to me like they're written by real people who potentially are also adults on some level. And the Rom and Lita stuff is played off as kind of like, it's supposed to be lighthearted and fun but it's neither funny nor interesting. And it just ends up putting Lita in this place where Lita comes across as like this real airhead character who's yeah. just like got a giant set of tits and is waiting for some man to come along and sweep her off her feet. And on the Rom side, it's the nerdy, nebbish male fantasy of like, I'm never going to say anything to her, but I know she wants me. All, all that it takes is for mm-hmm. me to acknowledge mm-hmm. her and then she's going to want me immediately. And that's how it resolves. And it's kind of, you know, it's pretty, some people would say that you're overthinking it and that's just harmlessly and harmless and goofy, but I think it's just kind of lazy and cliche, I guess. And it's not really interesting. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's like light sitcom writing. Um, And I, I I would, I would agree that it doesn't really, it doesn't really paint Lita with a very favorable, favorable brush because she, (laughs) she, she is uh, taken by uh, very little where she's, clearly interested in in rom but she's not doing anything and then when zimmerman's like i brought you flowers she's like did you do this to impress me because it is working Mm -hmm. here goes my towel Uh, yeah so yeah i mean yeah it's supposed to be you know kind of lighthearted, like you're saying but i I, yeah it doesn't it doesn't 
doesn't paint her in a very very opti- a very good light. Uh, yeah. Not not that it paints her in an actively negative light either, because I mean she's just doing whatever. But uh, yeah, she's not. Um, I would agree. I think I think the whole thing is fairly uh, uh, adolescent in its in its portrayal on both sides. Yeah, and I, I think it would be. It's just for for how much time it takes up. It's really just it feels like kind of a silly thing to go through. Like those two getting together, I would have accepted. And they sort of like he just comes up and says that at the opening of the episode, Rom is like, "Oh, well, now I'm dating Lita or whatever." And I'd be like, "That's fine, whatever. I don't I don't need to see the courtship process going on between yeah. these two." And are, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, it, it, are, is Lita supposed to be like this uh, uh, beta version of a? A beta test version of like a sex positive character on Star Trek or something, because it seems like I I could I could see them confusing her actions as just being like, uh, uh, not really caring about the the general uh, mores of dating mm-hmm. and stuff. Because like the last time that we really saw her was on on the uh, the Sex Planet episode where she and Bashir were breaking up. Oh right, yeah. And like the whole custom, is it just the Bajorans custom that yes, that a, like yeah yeah you, you just kind of like hang out and have a key party at the end of your relationship or something yeah you celebrate the end of your relationship and all that stuff yeah yeah it seems like very uh, n- uh, progressive and non confrontational um, so I, I I was wondering maybe they were trying to go for that angle like you know she she had they have a certain she has a certain um, talk about overthinking it now. Uh, she has a, th- a certain viewpoint of relationships and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, she, f- for for having the end of the relationship be something as progressive as let's get go on a vacation and celebrate the end of our relationship and just hook up with a bunch of people and have a good time. Uh, the beginning of it is she can't even talk to Rom. Right. And like, because I mean, she, she's into him, clearly, but she's doing the old uh, he never makes a move. So I'm just going to look somewhere else kind of thing. And it's like, well, you know. There is another side to that coin if you decide to choose it. Yeah. You could you could talk to him <laughs> yourself. And maybe that'll tie into I think this is a um I think this is an episode in general that really feels kind of dated at this point. Maybe it's yeah. the you know, the female not pursuing the male thing. Although I I I still don't know how much of that has taken hold. I would I would wonder what like young people's experience is with that. Um I would still imagine it's mostly a male initiated thing, uh, maybe mm. for good and for bad, I suppose. But well, what's the? Uh, I'm gonna we'll click into old man mode here for a mm. second. Um, what's the? Isn't there a, a dating app? Was it Bumble? I think where it's it's it, you basically the women get to do all the choosing. Oh, so like, men are you, you just lined up for the the, the choosing, not, and the women do it. It's not. It's not. It's it's more. It's it's better than that. Like I, I my uh, friend of mine who was using it described it in a, in a way that I was like, oh man, that sounds great as far as internet dating goes. Because what I understand about internet dating is it's a lot of uh, awful messages. Mm-hmm. Um, or swipe. I can't right. remember exactly. I've never used Tinder, but I just know people yeah. swipe rights or whatever. I, yeah. it, Bumble is something like it gives all of the power. Uh, of receiving messages or who gets to talk to you or who you're talking to, to the, to the, uh, the woman. I say, um, I don't know why, why did I, why did I come up with that? What? I'm old. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> Which of these remotes works the volume? Uh, oh boy. What, what, I, what, form today. I, th- <laughs> I think, I think that it, it comes across as it's a dated episode because yeah. of that holdover. And I think that like, 
it'll it'll tie into the Bashir thing too, where I think it's a little bit dated. But yeah, I I don't think Lita is supposed to be sex positive. I'm always a little bit confused about what Lita's uh makeup is supposed to be because she here she talks about to quirk about how she's intelligent and everything like that and he mm. has the he has the kind of funny line about like go show the the patrons your brains or whatever they can get a good look at your brains and she's not super smart or anything she seems capable in some of the episodes that come yeah. across but it's just i don't it, they're two two characters that i don't really feel that they ever need to spend a whole lot of time with in a storyline rom works as like a sort of supplemental character to a main storyline mm-hmm. but seeing him on his own is not anything exciting or to get worked up about and they also do her a disservice too because when zimmerman's like you want to come home with me and you can run this uh coffee shop yeah. she's like run a coffee shop i barely know how to wait tables right. so it's <laughs> like well i mean i don't think you had to take her down that far Uh, because yeah she she kind of comes across as kind of a ditz yeah which is which is unfair i think and zimmerman's got some cachet to throw around about who's it's zimmerman talking to whoever owns that bar they're just like fine whatever who cares just bring them on in now that's uh i mean not that that this kind of thing was ever good but it's uh (laughs) they're really playing zimmerman um playing the power card in this relationship in a very lighthearted way which i don't think would fly in a in a show like this anymore well do you think i i think he's 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 not um aggressive with her i guess no, which is not. the fail safe and he, he gives up at the end so it's it's really more the fact that she he does have a power hold over her but it's more yeah. it's more she's so ill defined by what she wants that she's just very kind of like you know traipsing through the breeze in a lot of ways yeah. it would be yeah he's not being aggressive but at the same time what he's offering her is basically like I'll give you a job if you come yes. sleep with me at my yep. house, yep. you know? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it would, it would be nice if it would have been nice if instead of like, Oh guy, I just met, I have to think about this before I uproot my life and go off with someone who I don't know right. and essentially be their uh, indentured wife. Uh, it would be nice if she was like, first of all, go fuck yourself. Second of all, uh, I'll take the job, but I'm not living at your house. It's, it's the joke. <laughs> or something from a little bit more. Yeah, something a little bit more empowered. <laughs> is when Jove is talking to Stan Set, well, fuck you, and then I accept yeah. it. <laughs> um, yeah, Guess so, what? You're living in fuck city. <laughs> so I think that the, the data thing will kind of tie into the Dr. Bashir uh, section, and I think this is as good a place as any to go into it, because um, what's funny to me about Star Trek is Star Trek has a real problem with genetic manipulation in a way mm. that I think feels very 90s and kind of dated at this point. Um, this was just around the time that they uh, cloned the cloned the sheep. Yes, right? Dolly. Dolly made her double and everything. Yes. But um, what's funny, or the the way that Star Trek treats it, Star Trek kind of has an in canon out because Khan, and they do bring up Khan in this episode, was a genetically alter- altered person, and he caused World mm-hmm. War Three, basically. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense that they would be hesitant to do this in universe. However, um. The pr- the problem with this episode is that I think it has a really good idea that it it spends thirty five minutes not talking about that idea and then it crams everything into the last fifteen minutes of the episode yeah. mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff here that I think is interesting I don't know it doesn't really negatively impact me about Doctor Bashir or what went on and everything this is kind of a turning point for the character he's different after this because this is always going to be a part of his character going forward but is this why he uh, he decided to to not be good at tennis. Yes, it, there's a whole bunch of. I mean, well, let's start there with the Bashir thing. Do you think this retcon works based on everything you've known about him? 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I think it's a incidental enough change that I don't think it really shakes anything up. Right. And I, I, I think that it, I don't think it, shakes... I think it makes him, I think it makes him more interesting, frankly. Uh, I don't know. Well, more interesting in that, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I so you're saying this comes up again, up, up in the future? Well, this is always going to be a part of his, his genetically enhanced intelligence is always kind of a thing going forward. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, it, I, I, I don't think it's that big of it. I think I'm, I guess I'm confused, conflicted about it because I don't think it's that big of a change, but at the same time, <laughs> it's not really like they didn't turn him into friggin', uh, uh, a master, uh, scientist. He's just like, he's never ex- really expressed previously that he's like this, you know, Superman, alpha, sure, yeah. alpha level yeah. genius or anything. He's just a doctor who's pretty good at his job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why when he was talking about himself as a kid, he was like, I was a dumb ass well, that, with, uh, <laughs> with cognitive problems that I don't even like talking about to the point where I was more or less uh, uh, non-functional. That's the, um, uh, the, the funny thing about the episode is that they're like, uh, you know, genetic manipulation is wrong and everything except for in, in extreme cases. And I was like, mm. well, judging by how Dr. Bashir described himself, he seems yeah. like he was brain dead at the age of six where he could not tell the yeah. difference between a cat and a dog or a tree and a house. It's like, um, I think if anything, he is, he's a suitable candidate to be brought up to above average level intelligence, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think that then you get into all sorts of ethical questions, which they try to get into a little bit, uh, between him and, uh, his dad, uh, Indian Dennis Farina. Yep, Brian George, who's an excellent actor. I think he's he is, very good yeah. in, in this. I think that uh, the the show is always, as we say, always rewarded when they bring on good guest stars to come in. Yeah, and yeah, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He's great every time he shows up. Um, but yeah, like because I mean that that that's the essential ethical question, right? Where it's like, well, he has he had some sort of learning disability. I, which I didn't mean to belittle by saying he's a dumbass. <laughs> I apologize. I, I think they um, I think they went over the top in they do. making yes. him seem like he seems like he is a non-functional person. Yeah, at that, the way that they, they're describing yeah. him. Yeah. But at the same time, though, it's like they still made a decision for him, which you could argue that maybe he couldn't have made that decision. But uh, they chose to change him um, without asking him about it or whatever. And, I, you know, that's. Even though they did bring him up to a uh, high level of intelligence that he wasn't at, it's still, you know, I like I liked the scene where he gets into the argument with his dad and he's like, I'm your father. And he's like, no, you were my father until you turned me into a monster. Right. Um, which is, a, you know, I think it's an interesting thing to consider is that you are now changing him into something that is no longer technically your son. Um, and what that does and doesn't mean. Yeah, uh, I guess it's yeah, it is a shame that they only they have all of these discussions in like the span of ten minutes. At the yeah, end. I I feel his his mother makes the best point about it when he's arguing about why they didn't do it, and she makes the pretty convincing case. I think that it's like it's difficult for parents to be watching their child go through this and them yeah. uh, feeling responsible for it and everything like yeah. that. And I I think there was a whole lot that they could have. There, there was a lot of ethical stuff to explore in this one, but they really, it's at the, there's 18 minutes left when he, when the parents start talking to the hologram about it. And that's just not enough time to sort through everything that they want to go yeah. through. But like, do you, is there, is there an instance where there's a character who has gone from 
this, uh, you know, mental deficiency through some sort of genetic mutation or or, uh, enhancement, not of their own making, come out the other end and been totally fine with it? Because I think, I mean, honestly, if we're being completely honest, that also is an option where he knows what they did to him. And he's like, frankly, I'm kind of happy they did it because I'd rather be this guy than the other guy. Right. Um, you know, there, there are two sides to that equation. There, uh, it's not necessarily right or wrong. Or I guess you can make that decision up for yourself. Well, but. I, I think that they, they try to make it they try to make it a tough decision for Bashir because they make it illegal for this kind of manipulation to happen in the Star Trek yeah. universe. And that, that's kind of what I mean by dated. Like, to me, I, I feel that, would, would you agree that, like, the reaction to this nowadays, I feel would, I, I watch this with a modern eye, and I'm kind of surprised that Starfleet considers this to be something so illegal that they'll jail you for. Yeah. When yeah. he's turned out to be a pretty flagship doctor. You know, like mm-hmm. in terms of a Star Trek doctor, he's up there, he's doing a lot of things, he's getting his research published, he's doing a lot of frontier medicine and all that stuff that they talk about. And I, I feel like they have to make it dramatic just by making it illegal, and that's the reason he's holding this secret uh, with them, when there isn't there isn't much conflict outside of that. Like, I don't really buy him being upset with his parents for not asking him or, like, not letting him grow up to be anything, because they've already painted him in the script as, like, he's... He's in rough shape as a six-year-old kid. Like there, there's not. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of potential for development. I mean, if a a six-year-old can't tell the difference between a cat and a dog is like an astounding thing to leave in the script, unless you you want to hammer home how um how disabled he was at that point. But mm. I don't know. I I just I I feel like they. I don't know where I would have drawn the ethical question about this uh like what they would be arguing about i don't really have a good idea for why bashir would be angry unless at some point you also introduce some kind of weakness that that this had given him at the same time and then maybe you have something but i don't know yeah you know i i feel like it falls under one of those things uh similarly to like um uh cybernetic enhancements and stuff like that where you know we we watch discovery and we see everybody with these cybernetic prostheses and stuff and we're like well they never did that in star trek so why why are they doing it now it's like well yeah but they never really talked about it Mm -hmm. but you would you would assume that that stuff is probably happening like the the level of technology that they're fucking around with on these shows like willy-nilly would imply that they can do stuff like this and probably do yes and the same with the eugenics thing where it's like you know, I uh, there is a they. Let's put it this way: the the way the the ease at which they heal pretty much every malady on on Star Trek and have always healed maladies in Star Trek. It is not uh, a it is not a long reach for me to uh, assume that they can probably do this stuff willy nilly at any point. Yeah, and be like, oh well, yeah, it was obviously you've got this problem in your brain, so we'll just genetically mutate your brain, and now it's fine. Like that, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that they do that stuff. I wonder how much of it is because I think the wording is probably um, different for it at this point and definitely now than it was in the '60s, where when you say eugenics, there is a very specific connotation to that because you are only 20 years removed from world war ii where they were doing the shit in nazi germany mm-hmm. um for very two very very different negative effects so i think when you are creating a character like khan and you are linking him to this 
the, the character that he is, which is the, you know, ubermensch, as you said earlier, uh, and you use the word eugenics, there is a very negative connotation to that. So I, I don't know if they've recalibrated going from 60s definition of eugenics to 90s definition of gene therapy, I guess you would call it. Yeah. Um, and again, ethically, I don't know where that line is. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't practice any of those things despite what you might think i am not a (laughs) i don't hold a doctorate in uh, genetic modification um but you know what i mean though i think there i wonder if there's there's any sort of like they're keeping it an illegal thing because it's traditionally in the show an illegal thing but they're basically doing stuff that goes up to the line every week on star trek right so it's i don't i don't know if the if there should have been some sort of recalibration of what of what that means uh because like what they did to bashir i would assume is not anywhere near what they did to khan like whatever whatever khan's thing was i assume it was different than what they did to bashir mm-hmm. or maybe i don't know maybe that's the point maybe that it's all of a piece and that's why it's illegal i don't know yeah, I mean, they the Admiral states that they just don't want it to potentially ever happen again. Um, yeah. I, I, I think from, like, the modern perspective where we've already, we've been going through a couple decades of, like, genetic manipulation and stuff like that, and CRISPR now makes the news, and that uh, mm. Chinese scientist uh, cured HIV virus in those twins that were born through genetic engineering and everything like that, oh. or he, he claims he did anyway. Um, Excuse me. I, I feel... I feel it's a, it's just kind of a dated examination of it. It feels like something that maybe Discovery would actually maybe be better at at this point. You're like mm-hmm. bringing it up to date, I guess, with what's going on. It just it feels very much of a silly kind of holdover where they're like, well, we took this person and we basically healed him from um, a position that no one seemed to be happy with. Like he wasn't happy with it. His parents weren't happy with it. And they brought him up to a new uh just sort of a new level. I, I guess I might have kind of a flippant attitude towards genetic engineering anyway. Um, it would you, I guess the other point would be like, do you think things would change if they had done this to him as an embryo? Does that make things different? Or is it, is it because he was a six year old that things are weird? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, well, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like there's, there's a, is there weird, there's a weird distinction where if you're doing it to an embryo, then you are actively manufacturing something or mm-hmm. someone. Whereas if you did it to a six-year-old, you're just like fixing them. I where see. and I'm not and I'm using that in quotes. Like obviously, you know, right. people with mental illnesses like that don't necessarily need to be quote unquote fixed. Obviously, um, but if they had this like, technology, they could yeah, be fixed. Right. Yeah. Would what right. would you I think? Th- I think that's where the weird gray area comes as to what are we talking about? Are we talking about eugenics, which is usually thought of like in a, a breeding mentality or something like what they do here, which is more of a fixing a problem, a perceived problem. That's interesting. So would you, would you, I guess I can uh, pick at that. Would you, are you more or less, which of these outcomes you seem to think that the, once the kid is born, uh, using manipulation on them is more ethical than genetically. Oh, I'm, manipul- not, I'm not trying to make a stance either way on this. Don't don't try to get me on the record doing that <laughs> shit. Um, but I I think there might be a perceived difference depending on where you're coming at it from. Huh. I um. Yeah, I guess I I have a hard time seeing the downside 
sort of. Yeah. Um, because if you were to tell me that like your genetic screening got to a point where you could predict genetic issues pre-birth, mm-hmm. I think fixing them is obviously a positive. I guess the mm-hmm. the, the the more ethical problem is whether like whether or not enhancing intelligence is appropriate. And I, right. I think people have a better argument there about like whether or not you're augmenting something that's there or you're just fixing a problem. Mm. But even with the intelligence augmenting, like if you're a, if you're a, I, th- I think you can have like a, an ethical problem with it out of some kind of fear of it happening. But if you were a parent and you were guaranteed a hundred percent ability to double your child's intelligence before they were born, I don't think mm-hmm. any parent would not take that. Um, right. I'd have a hard time. The The people who declined it would really have to explain to me mm-hmm. why they wouldn't do that. If you were guaranteed that this was going to work and it wasn't, it, you can almost think of it not even as a medical procedure. It's like a genie wish or something. Yeah. Um, why wouldn't you do that? And I guess that's the, that's the problem. And maybe Star Trek deals with it effectively by saying, well, if you do that, you end up with Khan, Noonie and Singh and we get World yeah. War III. But at the same time, I don't, I don't know. That just seems like a, it seems like a slippery slope argument almost that I don't really buy into. And I think that the show itself doesn't do a good enough job of um, explaining why they shouldn't do this outside of the fact that, well, it's canon, that it's a bad idea. Well, you know, I wonder if, if part of the way that they were trying to address that, not super specifically, is by the way that they characterize his dad where they kind of characterize him as a bit of like a, not a scam artist, but like kind of looking for a leg up, you know? Yeah. Used car salesman, um, sort of. Yeah, 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 you know, president. Um, <laughs> and I wonder if, if the idea there is to kind of imply that maybe they juiced him up more than it needed to be, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, like they're like, oh, we have this technology where we can make your son smarter. And it's like, all right, well... I mean, if we really turn the dial up on this, then that could be good for everybody involved. You know, that kind of right, thing. Right, yeah. Um, in which case, yeah, then it's not as not as based out of uh, the goodness of your heart and the and the in the benefit of your son as as one might think. And I guess, you know, where do you draw the line? Do you say, well, I'll just bump him up to a six? Well, I'll just bump him up to a seven. You know, like what's the what, yeah, what's an appropriate when, when level does, of yeah, when 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 do you um how, how much how much steroids do you need before it's no longer uh, fair to play the game? Yeah. So what do you... I, I think maybe the script is a little bit confused about his father's motivations too, although yeah. I might just be wrong about that. So what do you think... Uh, w- to me, it's clear that his mother w- did this because she felt guilty about how Bashir turned out as a child. And mm-hmm. she, she was she's the one that makes that case to him. I'm a little less clear about what the father thinks. Because the script mostly focuses on the fact that he's very proud of his creation at that point. Like, he's very uh, proud of what Bashir has become, which makes Julian Bashir uncomfortable. And that's the sort of, that's the conflict between the two of them. Right. However, by the end of it, it seems that his father's intentions were more noble. And it's more just his character flaw that he likes to brag about things like that. Mm. So I don't... I don't really know. Like if they had gone harder on the fact that he was doing this just because he was getting off on people being really impressed with his son, that mm-hmm. would have been more interesting. But I don't think the script goes there a hundred percent because he's a good guy by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, that would just make him too much of a, of a shitty 
you know, I, I, I don't but think you get that. Yeah, go ahead. I don't think you get that resolution at the end, obviously, where between the two of them, if, he, if he's like, I really like that con the idea of that conflict where, you know, his dad is very proud of the son that he manufactured that more, which makes Julian pissed off because he's like, you know, you weren't proud of me when I was just a normal kid. Right. Um, and I, I, I like that. It's uh, it's a very interesting approach to that kind of thing. A, a father and son uh, story as far as uh, gen- genetic mutation is involved or manipulation. Um, but yeah, it does. They do kind of come around on it at the end there. Um, and like, I mean, could it have been a he- could it have been a darker ending where the father it has been doing this because he's proud of all the stuff that it's got. And maybe you even see a little bit of like, he's gotten some benefit out of this, out of Julian Mm -hmm. uh, being this way. And then the Starfleet learns at the end, but Starfleet decides to prosecute the father, but he goes out on the lamb about it. Like he's not willing to go to jail for it, but Starfleet acknowledges that they're going to hold his father responsible and not Dr. Bashir responsible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could. Um, it's not as heartwarming and it's sort of weirder, yeah. but I'm, I'm looking for any kind of reason why these, why we should care about this dilemma in this episode. And I, I'm yeah. not getting it from the science itself. So I'm trying to find like a character motivation and I don't really find it between any of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, you would prefer if it was like, he's, he's, he's selling, he's selling merchandise based on his son or something like that. Right. He's he's selling branded uh, Teespring accounts, uh, (laughs) t-shirts, or he's gotten like, he got his, I don't know. He got, he got like jobs or job opportunities from it. So he's benefited from the research that Bashir has been doing, or, or he was even just bragging about it, something like that. And they kind of go that way early on where that's the conflict between them. But as we say, by the end of it, he flips pretty quickly into, I'm going to protect my son from everything that we've done. And the entire conflict that we've been told is between them and why they can't let the secret out and everything. It turns out to not be really all that big of a deal. Yeah, that's fair. Um, they do really kind of undercut the, the, uh, the importance of it uh, and how exactly against the law it actually is right. um, by they, the end there. Where they, it's they, like, eh, I mean, it's not, it's not legal, but you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it's like, la- like a lax pot law basically where it's like, well, you can't really buy it, but yeah, if you get yeah. caught with it, it's not that big of a deal. And at the end, he's uh, talking about the jail cell. He's going to go is like the one that Polly goes in Goodfellas. It's like, everyone just kind of yeah. walks in and out and they're making pasta all day. Yeah. It's like, it's two the years and minimum minimum, se- yeah. minimum security prison from the Simpsons that just has the, the revolving door <laughs> at the front gate. That's, that's kind of my, that's, that's my real problem with it. I, I feel it's just a, it's an idea that they really could have done something with, and you can kind of go, especially if the series is going to go in a darker route, I think that you have mm. places to go with that. And it just, it feels very flimsy on all levels. And I think the Rom and Lita thing tying into it feels even particularly kind of flimsy. Um, They waste an awful lot of time on talking about Lewis Zimmerman's EMH program, which is odd because (laughs) people would probably have been seeing Voyager at this point and you don't need all this explanation about this stuff. Um, Did you think anything about the EMH? Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, to jump off that, I was kind of, I was thinking how it would be it would be a nice um well first of all i thought the double film stuff was was great like shooting him uh, two bashirs and stuff i thought it looked really good yeah. especially the one where he touches his own face yep uh, which on closer <laughs> on a closer view you can tell he's positioned in a way so there is an arm not connected to to uh 
the actor whose name I forget, uh, reaching up to touch the face. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought that stuff looked really good. But I was thinking it would be a it would have been a nice um, parallel to the story that they were telling if Robert Picardo played Zimmerman in a com- maybe he does actually maybe I'm not that familiar with Voyager. He is. Uh, he's he's a much he's he is a. It's interesting. His his performance as this is the first time we've ever seen the real Zimmerman and not the mm-hmm. EMH version. Uh, you can actually see it in the little scene where the EMH program exists in this one. It's much more nervous than, uh, which is more like the doctor on Voyager. And yeah. he is much more confident and arrogant as the real person. Yeah. Well, because I was going to say it would be interesting if they kind of if they did it the opposite of that. Because I, I I don't totally remember the doctor, but I remember the doctor from from First Contact, and he is kind of a, a you know a nervous n- nervous guy. Yep. But like the this idea of he used himself as the uh, beta test for this thing, which allowed him to then program a version of himself that was better than he actually was. Yes. Like that kind of thing. That that would like have been, that would have been neat. Yeah. Yeah, I would have rather they did that than, you know, have him just hit on Lita for 40 minutes. But, right. uh, you know, have him come in and just be like a total shit heel uh, with obvious issues that he then chose to eliminate by being able to create the perfect version of himself. Yeah, and you can um, you can highlight the sort of, um, I don't know if there's a hypocrisy there, but it's like an audience is much more willing to go along with him manipulating himself in a virtual form of himself as opposed to a real child or a person like that and yeah you know i I think you could almost make the argument at this point that the emhs and data are their own life forms i think the show has made that point obviously for data it has at least um but so you know is it is it wrong to is it wrong for zimmerman to genetically manipulate his program so, you know, to, right, to, not right. genetically, but to like artificially increase his programs, capabilities and stuff like that. I think that would have been a, he, a neat way to tie it in. He also just like loves gossip because as soon as <laughs> as soon as Bashir was like, hey, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. Just do me a favor. Don't call my parents. And he's like, yeah, no problem. I'm going to call Bashir's parents, you know, Must like call. and then. Yeah. And then once he finds out the the the, the truth about the, the genetic thing, he's like, hmm. New information I can take to Starfleet. Like it's very. I mean, yep. he does obviously doesn't do that, but you know, he's he's definitely he's he's definitely in it for the for the gossip. And uh, um, for for <laughs> for the also, the, why didn't they? Why did he have to? Why did he have to bring? Like the 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 reason that I I felt that way is because he's like, please don't talk to my parents, and he's like, yeah, no, I won't talk to your parents. I'm gonna bring them to the station. Yes, where like they could have everything that they had to do. He could have done that over like a view screen phone call or something. But so, no, he actually flies them to the ship. It's a, it's a long con, and I'm also surprised that um, the, his parent Bashir's parents made to keep the secret for so long when they are very loudly talking in a sick bay to Bashir about what they're yeah. like. Don't worry about us, yeah. son. We'll never tell anyone your secret. We'll never speak aloud in a strange place. Uh, about your thing, even if they're not talking to a hologram of Bashir, it's still they're talking very loudly in a very uh, yes. a public area of the station. Yeah, I, you know, just as a kind of like a final note on the on on that whole thing too is I I'm kind of I don't love it. Uh, at least that they at least they wrap this up and like this is what the story was about the, this whole secret and everything, but I don't love it when they do this thing where they're where you've got a character talking to another character about the quote unquote secret. That's something that's never even been hinted at before. And just the fact that they're talking, you know, abstractly about this secret uh, 
mm-hmm. that's very important. That's me. That's what you're supposed to care about. And it's like, well, I mean, I, I don't really, I didn't know that he had a secret before that. And you, you, I don't know. I just don't love that stuff as far as a way to, uh, get across those, uh, uh, plot devices. It's, it's on, it's on par for me as, uh, George Yao being like, well, she doesn't know that you killed her parents, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And you're talking about when Bashir is talking to his parents in person. Yeah, just at the, at the beginning when they're, when they're talking around it and he's like, you can't tell the secret. Oh, right. For sure. Yes. What secret, son? We would never tell the secret. I I don't like that stuff. Yeah, you have to speak vaguely while specifically highlighting to the audience that there is a secret. You have to still be It's like, I hate, I hate, this is just a general pet peeve, um, when there is something like this in the character's history and you always have that scene uh, where someone is like, it's been 20 years since it happened, Chris. Mm -hmm. How can you still feel this way? And it's like, ugh. (laughs) What do you, it's, what is it? What do you mean? Like if you were talking to a per, if you were talking to a real person, right? Let's say you had a friend who, uh, 20 years ago was in a car, was driving drunk and ended up killing their girlfriend or something or, you know, yep. or, or whatever. That Some a, crazy that a, shit like that. Is that a dig at uh, Bobby, not Bobby, Ted Kennedy? No, actually, as I started saying that, I was like, is that a Kennedy thing? Anyway. Um, no, but like, say you've got this like horrible secret or event or something that people aren't supposed to know. But even if they do know about it, it's even better if they. it is a wide known thing in the, sto- the world of the story. Because it's like, you wouldn't talk to that person and be like, I noticed you've had a problem going on going in cars without a seatbelt ever since it happened. Right. Like you just don't talk that way. You know, it, 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 I, it always rings false to me is when you're trying to bring that stuff up, there's got to be a better way to do it. Yeah. Um, they do it a lot because, for, with the, uh, the, the death of a child in movies. Like they, yeah, they sort or, of, they hint they'll, they'll, they'll bring it up in a sort of, sort of a, they, they try to make it sound subtle, but it's like, you're still just being reminded yeah. that they're bringing up the death of a child to someone. And that person knows what they're talking about. Yeah, especially if it's like in a like a, a, psych, a psychiatrist scene or something like that, right. where they're yeah. like, "I haven't been the same since it happened." It's like uh, I know that you're trying to write this in a way that you're writing, you're dancing around it, but you're actually bringing more attention to the fact that you are trying to get people to care about it, and it feels very artificial when you do that. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd agree. Um, I think we're done with this one, so we're going to take a break. We're going to play an audio clip. Me and Claire are going to come back. We're going to give our final thoughts and read some patron thoughts for Dr. Bashir, I presume. I should have told her how I felt. Thank the Nagus that you didn't. Remember what happened with Nog's mother? Yeah. Don't want to think about her, do you? Let me refresh your memory. You signed a standard five-year marriage contract with Prunador's father because you wanted to have a child, a simple, everyday business deal. But then, you fell in love with your wife and wanted to extend the contract. And you were so in love that you never bothered to read the extension before signing it. So in the end, her father swindled you out of all of your money. Prunador left you for a richer man. And you got stuck with Nog. Hooray for romance. Lita is not Trinadora. She's a female, Rom. And the one constant in the universe is females are trouble. Okay, so if you've enjoyed the content today, you can support the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. That's patreon.com slash the Penske file. A couple dollars a month, you get extra stuff. You get more podcasts. And it's a great way to support the show and keep the content coming that you enjoy. And as always, I'd like to... uh, 
I don't do this. I'm going to change the shifting of uh, this from the very end to here, just so I remember I have to give the shout out to our uh, Captain Tier patrons, Stephen Cobb, Sean, Captain Quirk, Dwayne Hackett, Eric Johnson, Jay Stanley, David Kay, Nick Sergi, Nathan Elliott, Michael Pond, Matthew Cutler, Will Yates, Matt Flores, Samuel Custer, Santos, Gonzalez, Robert Cummins, Andrew Cherlog, Spinobi, Russ Graham, Deckers, Bastiani, Bradley Killens, Mike Burnett, Matthew Ross, Ben Douglas, Cal Barrett, Joint Mango, Tark Latif. Thank you guys for supporting the show. And if anyone else is interested in supporting the show, it's patreon.com slash the Penske file. So Clay, we'll read some patron thoughts before mm. we head out of here about this one. Dr. Bashir, I presume Zam nuclear Wessel says any of the thoughts that are less than intelligent. I reserve the option to genetically modify them into more intelligent comments. I, I requested IQ test results before they were allowed to post for this one. So we should yes. be good with this. Mm-hmm. Now we know how Bashir was able to drag that power cell from the shuttle by himself back and nor the battle to the strong. Do you remember that callback, well, Clay? I not really, but it does bring up a question. Where I mean, it, there's no indication that he is like super strong. No, there's not. They only paid for the brain package. Yeah, or maybe it's you get a little bit of a lesser punishment because Khan was super strong, even though Kirk fought him hand to hand on numerous occasions. We were told he was super strong. Um, and I'm surprised that given the time that this is this this episode was out that they didn't draw more of a, a, an allusion to the steroid scandal in baseball. Hmm. That's true. Because isn't that kind of what we're dealing with here, more uh, than the, we- the Khan stuff? It's like they, he has a... <laughs> Khan, Khan was like they built a Superman, and the Superman ran amok and started World War III. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with a doctor who's just smarter than other people uh, and got a leg up in his life and profession because they augmented his ability to do his job. Yeah, I, the, the baseball thing is interesting this might be just before that scandal came oh, is out it before oh, okay. uh was the mcguire thing in 98 i want to say that was mcguire uh, 98 I, I yeah i think I, you're right i can't look it up but this would have been right before but there must have been hints oh, because right. their heads were their you know their bodies were swelling and their heads were shrinking <laughs> at this point um other that, things were shrinking too that, <laughs> that's is there a way to tie this into baseball not re- i mean ultimately there's no down it's just the illegality of it like the steroids you're killing yourself by taking it you know bashir has not suffered any damage outside of the potential illegality of it through doing it i mean it would have been much better if 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 they did tie it into baseball and so cisco was like i remember when this happened 300 (laughs) years ago in the major league baseball of the united states instead of uh at the end of the episode, uh, O'Brien should be like, we'll just play Home Run Derby, and Bashir is just crushing fucking dingers. <laughs> oh, wait, but I guess he does have the... He's super good at darts. He's super good at darts, yeah. Yeah, so maybe he did get the whole con package. I don't know. Well, he, he certainly got better hand-eye. He doesn't seem stronger, but he is he is enhanced outside of his brain and that he has like good hand-eye and stuff. He's a good surgeon and things like that, I guess. Is it like when, when you get this done to your kid, is it like getting cable? Where, right. you know, it's like, it's well, all- you know, there's there's basic cable, which is going to get you TNT and TBS. But, you know, if you want the home shopping net, well, not the home shopping. Like, I, I was thinking, home, yeah, it's more like a la if you carte want ESPN, Amazon. <laughs> yeah, if you, want, if you want ESPN or Nessa, then you got to pay more. Yeah, well, the, the cable gives you all or nothing. I think it's like, you know how Amazon offers, like, you can now subscribe to CBS All Access and, and HBO through Amazon and just go yes. to Amazon for it. It kind of yeah. feels like that. You'd, you'd have an a la carte menu about what you want for your kid to go through. What if you, yeah. uh, what... If you had one, if you had five hundred dollars and it cost five hundred dollars to enhance one trait, what would, a trait would you enhance for your kid? <laughs> well, where am I getting this done? First of all, for five hundred dollars, <laughs> this is like uh, Recall from Total Recall. There might be some downsides could, to it. If I could enhance one thing for my kid, mm. I don't know what's wrong with him. 
Uh, nothing. He's... Well, I guess the question here, based on the amount of money you just threw out and your ambivalence toward doing this, is uh, what did you use that $500 on and which kid did you use it on? <laughs> I well, I mentioned 500 just because it's not a super upgrade, I guess. Like, if they could yeah. slightly enhance something, I, having thought about it, like, I would... If like because we're speaking about like a somewhat minuscule increase, like intelligence, I don't think is that great. But if you could instill like a really strong work ethic, I think that yeah. compensates for intelligence in a lot of ways. Like if you're, if you, if you just like, if you made your kid like a little bit more, like never going to give up and like always going to like try to finish this job, I think that could pay off in a way. Like I don't care about him jumping or like shooting a basketball or anything like that. But right. like if he just was. And in that way, it's not changing what he would want to do, but he would just be able to pursue what he wanted to do in a much, uh, like, a, a more willpowery way. I guess nothing's See, wrong. That's nothing's a, wrong with the kids, but that's like if I uh, would do it to myself, uh, that's what I would do. See, that's interesting to me because, like, in this situation that you're you're pre- presenting here, without something that is explicitly wrong or needs fixing, then aren't you? Isn't one? really going to just choose something that they wish they could fix for themselves probably yes you know because otherwise it's like yeah I, and 90 percent of the time it's probably going to be make him be able to throw football like <laughs> through a hula hoop at 50 yards yeah um you know but like yeah because I, I, I was thinking about it and the only thing i as i was thinking i was like wait all of these things that are going through my mind are like my own deep-seated personal issues with myself mm-hmm. Like I don't, which I don't want to pass on to a child. Yes. Um. So, so I think it's difficult to do that until you know you take the car for a spin and see what, what's what's uh what's not working right. Well, would would that have made Bashir's father better if Bashir's father was showed to be a semi like a, a not super intelligent guy who like had a mm-hmm. hard time holding down his jobs because he just couldn't hack the uh what the like the intelligence that was needed? Would that have amplified it a little bit? What he did to his son. Um, I mean, isn't that kind of how they present him? Uh, I don't. He he doesn't seem he doesn't seem dim to me though. He seems like he's no, kind he's of a not, con man. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, because I was th- I was actually thinking the other way. Like, what if his dad was super smart? Oh, and, and he just wanted him to not be a dis- like a disgrace to him. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't living up to his father's potential, so his father, you know, changed the game. Yeah. Which, is much more of a darker way to do it, I, I guess. I think it's more tragic the other way. If he just yeah. wants to do what's best for his son and his heart, but it, I guess we're, yeah, we're I guess, now rehashing the episode. But Yeah, I guess it depends. If you want the happier ending, I think your way is probably what what still gets you there. Mm. I think it's a tougher tougher to reconcile the goodness of, of, a, of, of a smart dad with a less than smart kid who's just decides to make him more smart right i think there, there's more of a, a, of a of an issue there to be explored yeah and uh, anyway, honest, honestly although we although we've learned is you just have to bribe the admission admissions and you can get these kids into anything that they want which is our timely yeah. our timely way to date this podcast uh yep. th- the next comment andrew Sherlock says uh dr bashir i presume what the fuck really what the fuck bashir has made so much progress as a character for it all to be undone by making him a benevolent con the series needed to come down after Purgatory Inferno, but this was not it. Uh, Matthew Ross. You know, sorry, I, I, just to go back for a second based on that. I said earlier that it makes him more interesting, and I think I might take that back because I think I agree with that comment. I don't think he needs this. Okay. I just, you know, it's it does seem because they, 
it, it seems like something that they would do really early in the show just to bump him up and make him easier to write or more interesting to write when they have done so much with him already that, you know, like I said, it doesn't really seem to change much. So why, why bother? I don't, I don't think it changes things, but what I think it does is that to me, you didn't watch, I watched the, uh, the dark page episode of TNG with Dan, actually, who was the one who watched that, where the, the I don't know if you remember that episode. It's the one where, uh, Loxana Troy is revealed that she had another daughter beyond, uh, besides Deanna Troy, who died as a child. And I don't remember that. The reason that Loxana is so overprotective and helicopter mothering over Deanna is because she's trying to prevent that tragedy from happening again. So, uh-huh. but I think this is kind of similar in that they're not adding anything, but I think they're giving a good reason for why Bashir acts the way that he does. Uh, That's fair. Because. What, like if you go back to all the stuff we've done, he's kind of like over trying to over improve himself. He feels a little bit when he started on the show, he was a little bit naive as they talk about in their interviews with him and stuff like that. And he's trying too hard. He is eager to please. He did that. He had that weird uh, thing that we always talked about. He some for some reason he failed his testing uh, at the academy. Remember that? Yeah. That yeah. that feels like they were trying to connect all these dots, and they came up with. He knew he was augmented at the start and he's overcompensating, trying to make it seem like that's not the reason that he's doing everything. Like he's okay. trying to be beyond that. Yeah. Does that I, work? I, 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 yeah, I, I buy into that. I, t- I reverse my position again. <laughs> Have a backbone, damn it. Or we'll, we'll, we need to augment your, uh, your spine, I, I think. Know, like. I know. <laughs> that, that's I need kind to augment of... my decision making process well there's more negative uh, <laughs> comments coming so we'll get through these Matthew Ross says I hate this episode I feel they ruined Bashir with his augment story and it makes no sense Rom's teenage feelings for Lita are ridiculous as he's the competition with uh, as is the competition with Zimmerman I think a junior high romance would be better Quirk's hiring of Lita for the obvious is very Ferengi the EMH tie-in was interesting and actually shows a bright point of Voyager Robert Picardo but why the hell is it now but why the hell is it now in the series, series one, season one to two feeling here? And of course, the parents come to the station. Isn't there war on somewhere? So why even do that at all? The multiple perspective interviews with the crew are trying to be humorous. Meh. But again, why the hell would you have parents be the charlatans at all? Couldn't leave well enough alone. Their interactions didn't feel like parent and child as you feel the actors are similar in age. It's just a hard story idea trying to masquerade as a serious issue. Um, Kyle Barrett says... From the beginning of the series, Bashir has been the character most embodying Roddenberry's futuristic ideals, portrayed as the perfect specimen of the franchise's utopic future, so much so that they now want to one, want one of him on every ship. So the idea to literally turn him into the perfect specimen is fascinating, and it highlights the falsities behind this parasitical society in an interesting and very DS9 way. But even away from all of that, this is a very enjoyable and funny episode. It's a little disappointing that once, Bashir reveal, once the Bashir reveal happens, Zimmerman pretty much disappears. Do we know if Zimmerman is still going to go ahead with Bashir as the LMH by the ep- episode's end? Did I miss a line somewhere? Anyway, it's nice to hear a Cockney accent and track for a change, but what does Lita see in Rom? I guess she just likes little trolley aliens that look vaguely like David Duchovny, according to Clay, at least. I still don't see the resemblance. It's there, man. <laughs> Ollie McLaughlin says, The conceit of Bashir having hidden his talents for so long is a stretch. It seemed like they missed having a Spock or Data around, a character who had good reason to always know the answer. Having said that, I appreciated seeing a dysfunctional family. Benjamin is an amazing father, and while the O'Briens have a quirky relationship, they do genuinely seem to love each other. Seeing a family that's effed up was a nice change of pace. Will Yates. It's just like I always thought. It was never Jerry's fault. However, seriously, I doubt that 
This was all planned from the start of the series, but looking back on Bashir's hubris, relentless pursuit of Dax, and staying out of professional sports, you could argue that his enhancements were always there and he actively avoided anything that might let his secret out. Neil Brennan says, an interesting wrinkle added to the character, an interesting mustache on his father. And that's it. That's it for the comments. Thank you guys for leaving your comments. Patrons, if you support the show on patreon.com, you can go there and leave comments about upcoming episodes. There's a post. You can click on the little featured tag that's called patron comments, and it'll bring you right there. Leave your thoughts. It's I'm, good to read them. I'm shocked that we talked this long about this episode. I am too. I, I felt we had to kind of go on a little bit of a, a side trip into what we think about genetic manipulation, but uh, I think it, the episode kind of turned out a little bit differently, but uh, I think it was still a decent conversation. Now that we're both exposed for having questionable viewpoints on <laughs> eugenics, I guess, which. What's the. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel that genetic CRISPR technology, like my kids, kids are probably going to be having to make these decisions. It's not mm -hmm. far away at this point. Yeah. Um, and maybe Star Trek is not the best starting point for these kind of ethical discussions, but <laughs> they are trying, I suppose. And I, I, I feel maybe it's a little bit of a dated episode uh, just in that regards, but they are trying to say something about something. I'm going to give this one a three out of five. Um, all the reasons that we talked about. I think it's, I think it's perfectly functional. I don't think the script mm -hmm. is a particularly good structure to it. And I think that they waste a lot of what they were trying to do, but I don't think, I think at the same time, they don't have a lot to say about it. I don't know if the, the writers really know what they want to say about this. So they kind of shuttle everything off to the end, have a couple character interaction scenes where people feel emotions, and then we call it a day, and that's it. Yeah, I think it's a season five, two. Are we in season five? Uh, yes, we are. Season five. I think it's a season five, two. I think it's an overall series three. Okay. If that makes sense, where yep. it's like, I, you know, it's fine. Uh, it could be better, I think. Um, given the stuff that that's been around it, it probably should be better. Um, but I think, I still think it's better than most of the bad stuff in the first few seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you want me to give this a three or a two on your, uh, I understand like what you're, I would give you, it a three. You'd give it a three. Yeah. I, I do understand what you mean though about it. It's, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of is lacking a little bit in some ways and it's, it's interesting for what it is. And then, uh, Seems a pretty big divide know. in the patrons, too, about whether or not people like this or don't like this change. The only thing I want to know is, do Lita and Rom stay together? Well, we have two two seasons to get through, and then we'll... That's we'll, all I care about <laughs> at this point. Dominion War, get that shit out of here. I want to know, do they stay together? Because I think someone deserves to be happy on this show. <laughs> is it's true. What did you, um, we didn't talk about it. What did you think of the interview scene? People, people, there was two comments here. One person liked it. One person didn't. I don't remember who it was. What did you think of that? Um, cause I thought it was unique for Star Trek. They don't do that very often. You're talking about when they were going person to person talking about Bashir. Yeah. Zimmerman is asking them questions and they're cutting between the responses of like Cisco right. and Jake and everything. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of, uh, that Dax episode a little bit where, uh, where they were inhabiting, were the different versions of, oh, of facets, the, the, right? Yes. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, I thought it was all right. I mean, I, it didn't really stand out to me one way or another. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> as much as, not as much as the the scene where Quark is just actively trying to cock block his brother <laughs> because he, because he don't think he'll work as hard or something. I like the the one Ferengi moment. I liked was there. Uh, how Ferengi marriage works, which is just like a limited time contract. They sign like a five-year yes. contract, and then they yeah. they sort of renegotiate at that point. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. 
First time we've ever heard about Nog's mother, who is that 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 person that he married. Apparently, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that's it, guys. Thank you very much. We're both going to give this one a three. That's it. And thank you very much for listening. All the social media links are down below: Facebook, Twitter, Discord. Support the show on Patreon.com/slash The Penske File. There's a couple other links you can support the show on if you wanted to go to PayPal or the Teespring store. And then after that. Please just uh, recommend the show to other people. If you're on the internet, if you're on Reddit or something, people are looking for a Star Trek podcast. This is pretty much uh, the one that I would appreciate you recommend. Any of the others, you're obviously free to recommend as well. But just try to spread the word as casually and coolly as you possibly can. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, no. Yeah, if you're not on the internet, get one of those CDs that you put in your computer and it'll get you on the internet. AOL.com. Yeah. This- My fa- <laughs> Do you remember... Uh, my favorite commercial from back then was there was a commercial aimed at older people who didn't have uh, computers and that that was like, Are you, do you wish that you were on the internet but you don't have a computer? Well, it's never been easier to buy a computer. Mm-hmm. Just go to www.buyacomputer. I'm like, dude, they, you're trying to sell them. They don't have fucking computers. You're going way too fast. They can't hear you and they don't have a computer. They can't go to the website to buy a computer. If they don't have a computer. Got to get one of those smartphones that these kids are talking about, I suppose. I know. No, this was like in 1995. I know, 1995, yeah. yeah. It was the same way you, you those... used to get seven AOL discs in the mail every single day. The AOL was just, yeah. just bombarding us with CD-ROMs to get us signed up for do those, uh Do those still work? Like, do they A, do they exist, and B, do they still work? AOL's defunct, I think, right? Is it completely dead now? I yeah. think so, yeah. I, I what think did still... those things even do, now that I think about it? Judging by the way that internet works now, anyway. It must have installed, it must have installed the program. We just, you, couldn't get, yeah. you couldn't download the installer, I guess. So oh, that's, inst- yeah, you can't download, like, much like the computer thing. Yeah. You can't download something if you don't have to <laughs> so use the internet the if old, you don't have the, the internet. The old people <laughs> needed computers mailed to them to sign up for buyacomputer.com. Yep. Th- then it would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> technology man. it was a different time they were only yeah. just getting into the ethics of gene editing at that point so who can blame them for not understanding and how now, to get to now disk drives barely exist anymore <laughs> that's it we're done thank you very much guys dr bashir is over dr bashir i presume we both give it a three we're back with a simple investigation as our next episode and until then discovery continues to uh, be covered it's almost done we've got a couple more episodes before the season two wraps up the discovery Real Rep and Real Rotten is going to be out there. Badass continues to be out there. Radio Star Murders comes out every week on Wednesdays. You can check that out if you like music videos. That's about it. Guys, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.